crowded trade, it, you know, if you look at it for what it was before this race, had a better chance to improve than Ron Bauer. I don't care what anybody says. And you say, well, crowded trade, he came from he came from Aqueduct, and those horses are terrible. Ron Bauer barely won the El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate. Barely. I mean barely. All out to win it. Ron Bauer was beaten six links by essential quality and highly motivated. He was barely in the picture the whole race in the bluegrass. Nothing said Ron Bauer could, could run like that. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horse is all line up at the post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welchies, Aaron Alterman. This is a Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, man? We got a big show. We got a really big show today. I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, the the pregnancy is a wrap. Uh, congrats to you for having Ron Bauer. You're a, you know obviously no owner of the horse, um, sort of. Uh, congratulations to Ron Bauer winning. Uh, the 146 running of the Preakness Stakes. We all saw that coming, right? To just bolt by the field like they were standing still. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit of obviously about that, put a bow on what we saw on the Preakness. We'll talk about our, our wagering guide and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, we, we have a kind of a big interview. Uh, we've already done the interview. We'll play that for you guys later. Uh, but yeah, we we're going to interview, uh, the lawyer that's, uh, in charge of, uh, fi who filed the lawsuit against Bob Baffert and Zidane Stable. So it was, uh, that was definitely interesting, but, uh. I mean, obviously, I think I think you'll learn a lot from this interview. I, I kind of went into it uh, wondering what we'd see, and I I I think it was, I think you guys will learn something from it. Yeah, I thought it was a very very good interview. It was pre recorded, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll play that for you in the show though. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, learned a lot about him as an individual. Didn't know much about him. Uh, know a lot more now, and and uh, you know I'm not going to put words into his mouth, but. Uh, it's a little more personal to him than I thought it would be. Let's put it that way, right? Uh, it's he's he's definitely involved in this thing, uh, you know, from from a betting standpoint as well. So it was interesting, really good interview. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, yeah, gloves off. I mean, we just laid it out. It was just basic, you know. I I didn't go didn't ask him something like, "Why are you doing this, idiot?" Like, because <laughs> I I wouldn't do that. But uh, no, I I think you learn a lot. I think I think it's good. Take for, from it what what you will and. Once it's over, you guys can comment, and we can we can definitely talk about it. Yeah, back-to-back -back fantasy uh, yep. league champ. Business in Boston. <laughs> Love the name. Uh, I Listen, still a long ways to go for me, but, uh, yeah, we were proud of Ron Bauer, no doubt. There's a there's a good chance. Halter and I have talked a lot about this. Uh, there's a good chance that uh, after the Medina Spirit possible uh, DQ uh, that we go into the Belmont basically – me versus Halterman in a way. If uh, if Hot Rod Charlie, you know, or 
or Rombauer. That's kind of the and my jockey. My jockey's sticking with my horse. He jumped off Rombauer. So hello, Hot Rod Charlie. So Hot Rod Charlie versus Rombauer could very possibly give you the the uh, fantasy league champion. Listen, Flavian Pratt, you're dead to me. You are dead to me. Jumping off my horse and and, and not only that, jumping on his. I mean, that's just a <laughs> double slap in the face. So Flavian. I love. Talk, I used to love you, boy, but not anymore. Not anymore. We, he, said, he just. He, he said he wanted to win. The he wanted to win, the the Belmont, and he thought his best chance was with my horse. So is it? Uh, honestly, now let's think. Let's analyze this for just a second. It is, isn't it interesting that he just blew out everybody in the Preakness, and he's still going to jump on Hot Rod Charlie, who was third in the Derby and had every chance to win that Derby. By the way, he was right there with a chance. Exactly. And it's not like it's some big connection. You know what I mean? Like he always rides for Doug O'Neill or, or whatever. So that, yeah, I thought that was super interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely going to be uh, something you have to read into when you handicap the Belmont. We got two weeks for that, though. Um, you know, we're going to put a bow on the Preakness, as you said. And uh, we're going to go through the guide uh, in the, the, the guide article. Uh, really some I think some I think it's the best thing that we're going to do out of the four that we've recapped because there's some really good uh educational things is what i would call it uh some things i've looked back on and like boy we could have done some things differently um and, and just the the argument or not the argument but just the difference between good handicapping and good wagering and it really stands out with this guide yeah i think uh that, i think you know we wanted to make sure because you know we we kind of we basically broke even where we're used to hitting you know we get an roi 50 60 percent uh mm -hmm. in the last three this one we kind of we kind of tread water broke even and yeah i think it'll be a good uh analysis of really taking uh to looking at it and i, I do want to do this before you know, we're going to talk preakness we're going to talk how we bet uh, obviously the interview but before I, you know the, the the i wanted to bring this up and share the screen a little bit to at least this is what we're looking at this is the latest it just came out today for the belmont stakes contenders it's the field is looking very very good in my opinion if we can get this uh anywhere near this field and so really as of right now there's four possibles uh essential quality keep me in mind uh midnight bourbon and get her number who obviously we hadn't seen since the arkansas derby for peter miller those are your possibles. The probables right now are Hot Rod Charlie, Rombauer, there we go, uh, France Go Deina, there you go, um, the Japanese horse, known agenda, Rock Your World. I was I didn't know for sure if Rock Your World would, would end up doing this, but it sounds like they're, they're going to try it. Rebels Romance, uh, Brooklyn Strong, Overtook, <laughs> and Brabonic for Todd Pletcher. So I, there are a couple things here. One was I was surprised that you had a bunch of Todd Pletcher's and not promise keeper. That was interesting. Um, he wasn't even listed hmm. uh, on the, on the possibles or probables, uh, in the Naira release, Naira release today. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if essential quality decides to run here, it definitely seems like it's him, right? It's hits. It's goes through him. Yep. I, I definitely uh, agree with that. He will be the favorite in the race. I think a couple of quick things to point out, uh, the commenters, no agenda Derby was a throw out. I agree with that. I also think rock your world is interesting too. That Derby, obviously a throw out for him. So those are two that could kind of come back, uh, and run big here. And I, this is interesting. No mandaloon. Where, where is that horse? What are they doing with that horse? Uh, I definitely thought he would be amongst the probables, as well so that's that's some interesting things and, it, and and the last thing about the belmont 
And trust me, Ron Bauer has a long ways to go to win this race. He's far from a lock. But if he wins, we are looking at a horse that won the Preakness and the Belmont, and he skipped the Kentucky Derby, and he could have ran in it. So <laughs> I, I was talking to Ryan a little bit earlier before we got on the air. He's like, has that ever happened? It has happened. Uh, he said, but it, way back in the day when the Derby really wasn't, quote unquote, that big of a deal. Uh, it, it happened, but modern era, he could not think of any, any time that that's happened. I mean, can you imagine if this horse goes and, and to be honest, like it's before you said that I would, you know, Ron Bauer is just as good a shot as anybody to win this race. And it's like, so I would put his chances at likely or to run well anyways. And to think that it's possible he wins a Preakness in Belmont. Like you have to, if you're only the owners of this thinking, why didn't we run in the Kentucky Derby when we could have ran in the Kentucky Derby? That's what his trainer kind of alluded to after the race. I thought it was really funny. I, I would I would urge anybody to go watch the Preakness press conference, and you can find it on YouTube. Just just search Preakness press conference. <laughs> it was it was a very awkward situation because Michael McCarthy was like, "I we got in a big fight, him and the owner, basically over trying to run in the Derby." Michael McCarthy <laughs> wanted to. And he pretty much said, I think the exact same thing would have happened in the Derby that happened in the Preakness. So it was very, very funny. Now, it's it's easy to say, obviously. And, sure. and uh, you never know if, even if he does run that well in the in the, uh, in the the Derby, he, how he's going to come back, obviously. So you never know. But it is one of those things that if he goes and wins the Belmont, it'll, you'll, you'll live with that forever on what possibly could have been. Especially when you consider the fact and just... That no, like we, we we've talked about it obviously countless times that not a single horse passed another horse down the stretch like no one was passing so if there's ever a horse that wanted to go by Ron Bauer certainly looked like he was a horse that wanted to go by, um, yeah as I look at this field I I mean I'm really on the known agenda uh, wagon a little bit too uh, he he strikes me as a horse that will love this distance and you know Hot Rod Charlie. It, it, looking at this race seems like a horse i mean a rockier world obviously like he'll want to go you if, if if hot rock can get to the pace or get to the lead or get close to it he'll be tough because I, I just feel like that horse won't let you know he, he, he doesn't pass a lot of horses he also doesn't let you pass him so get in the lead and let him go but you know obviously with pratt this dude's riding better than anybody right now so if anybody can figure it out it'll be him but no i mean this is shaping up to be the best race of the of the three for sure um in terms of just depth i think yeah we also ryan and i talked about that he's like can you remember when you you thought the belmont was like the biggest and the best race of the three you're that you're like more excited for that one than the others and he's absolutely right i mean it feels like this is the strongest field that we've seen yet and uh it's it's a, gonna be a large field and oh by the way they got to go a mile and a half and you add that element into it this is gonna go a long ways in determining who is three-year-old of the year at the end of the day. And a lot of times the Belmont, when the triple crown's not on the line, it's not really a determining factor for an Eclipse Award. But it's going to go a long ways here because if Essential Quality wins, he's cemented basically as that number one horse and it's going to be tough to pass him. Uh, you can say the same thing for Rombauer. He wins two or three legs of the triple crown. Going to be tough to pass him. So uh, a lot on the line. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, and a great card uh, coming up at Belmont, too, on that day. You know, nine stakes races, I believe eight are grade ones. I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure that's right. So, yep, gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope they have a lot of alcohol uh, stocked up there at Belmont because we're coming and and it's gonna be good. We're, yeah, gonna we're coming hard because we're coming hard. we are 
Yeah, uh, it's going to be an insane day. There's Breeders' Cup Challenge races on top of that. Uh, so it's like we're jumping right into the switching yeah. tri- you know, gears from Triple Crown um, straight to, to the Breeders' Cup. And that'll be the focus after the Belmont. It's just it'll be, it's great to have this as a third leg again. It's great to have it at a mile and a half. You know, it, it's it's going to be amazing to be there. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit before we get into the Preakness. What's the best thing you saw today? Oh, I think I think uh, you got to give a shout out to Jason Beam for getting the Tampa Bay uh, announcing job. I mean, that's a really, really big time job, in my opinion, uh, for Jason and uh, well, for anybody, not just him. But uh, I, I, I'm really happy for him. You know, the guy has had some 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 really highs in the game and had some lows in the game as well. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. He, he was a track announcer at Louisiana Downs. He got that job. And he was down there a couple of weeks. He had some personal issues. He had to leave. And I thought, oh, boy, that's that's going to be tough for him to overcome. And, you know, he's he's gotten some some nice jobs uh, in the last four or five years. But now being the regular caller at Tampa Bay, uh, just congrats, uh, congrats to Jason B. I mean, that's 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 big time. When I saw that news, I, I immediately let you know. I was like, this guy, you're going to be pumped. <laughs> yep. uh, because he is a pretty good caller, you know. And He's a, uh, he's a good caller and he's a good guy, you know, and that's. Yep that's sometimes that's hard to find in racing. So I'm happy for him. Um, I went through, like I, I kept having, this is one of those where I kept having a new best thing I saw. And really the best thing has to be at the very right, right final, final minutes before we came on here. And I'll give a shout out to, to our boy, Ricky, Ricky P, Ricky Pastor. Mate, I'm Ricky Pastor next. Ricky's rockets, dude. He came in huge, had a huge day at Belmont park. Uh, one of our great friends, of course, if you guys remember him from, he was in the fantasy league last year. Bones, Aaron Magley, he was with Austin. Uh, of course, Austin's still in the league, but uh, one of one of my best friends still. I mean, grew up with him. He's you know we've done our part. Got him addicted to horse racing. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And he's always texting me bets and stuff. And during the interview we did, we were doing earlier with with uh, with Dan. I, he's like, I had one dollar left in my account. Come on, Ricky's Rockets. Shows me his ticket. It's a it's a it's a pick four. It's a single, single, two, single, and he was yep. single to the four in the last in the last leg. I, I don't I think he was like twelve to one or fifteen to one. I mean, it's a pretty big odds. It's Fourteen one dollar one dollar yeah. ticket returns. Us. He made seventy seventy three dollars. He got seventy three seventy three to one on that ticket, and I was like, dude. First of all, that's amazing. Second yeah. of all, maybe add like make it ten dollars next time. Like maybe <laughs> loosen the purse strings just a tad. But I mean, it was awesome. I mean, obviously that's just one ticket. I saw a bunch. Uh, some guy had twenty four dollar ticket that returned six hundred thirty three dollars um, on the pick five there. So that you know, there's a there's a lot left and right tickets coming through. So good job to to Ricky. Uh, when that dude gets hot, he's hot. So he is hot. He's really hot right now. Yeah, he's he's doing a good job. And listen, he would have put ten dollars on it, but it's hard to put ten dollars when you only have one dollar in your account. <laughs> so, maybe he texts me. He, he texts me. He's like. I'm back in the game. He's like, all right, here we go. $73, $74. There you go. So uh, I don't know. It's a great story, though. But uh, congratulations, uh, Bones, and congratulations uh, to Ricky and everyone that got it in on that that big uh, Belmont uh, card. All right, let's do it. Today's show, we're going to recap Saturday's 146 running of the $1 million Preakness Stakes, as well as look at how our betting and wagering strategies fared in the guide. We're also going to interview Dan Markoff, the lawyer who filed... The first class action lawsuit against Bob Baffert and Zidane Stables. You want to stay tuned for that. Let's go!
Saturday, the 2021 Preakness Stakes was ran. The course of card was amazing with 10 stakes races. And if you bought the wagering guide, you uh, you hopefully played the bankroll with us. And we do this every time we have a big event like the, the Breeders' Cup, the Kentucky Derby, uh, the Pegasus we did. Of course, uh, we'll do it again for the Belmonts, uh, Belmont Stakes. And that obviously will be massive. Uh, we wanted to bring this in today because, we will, first of all, we want to make sure it's like we don't just talk about it when we win. Uh, we ended up breaking right about even. I think we lost like twelve dollars on the on in the total there. So let's go through each of the stakes races that we covered and kind of go through it. I think it'd be a good opportunity to go explain kind of what our thoughts were, maybe what our regrets after looking at it, um, and where we could have changed some things. And I think it might help some people as far as making their bets because obviously if you're if you're if you're following us and you're following the guide, which we hope you are. You, you'll want to learn this too because not always we have a lot of people that will, will cash something they don't play exactly like we used and uh so maybe it'll help you cash some more tickets uh for the belmont and moving forward so let, obviously let's kick things off with race one mr barton we said in the guide like we're not playing this because hosier will be insanely low and he was and he lost so that was a perfect example of like why you just you, you got to get the value there first before you even consider playing we passed we went to kick it off with race three, race three, the Chick Lang stakes and mighty mischief for Steve Asmussen. We had a fifty dollar win bet on him to kick things off, and man, that was a sweet ticket. Yeah, we felt really good when that happened, uh, for sure. Uh, and and if you remember, this race was mighty mischief and Jackson's uh, Jackson Traveler, and you know the Steve Asmussen horses, and and Jackson was getting bet harder, and we definitely thought mighty mischief was the better of the two horses. And he was. And I think a theme that you're going to see throughout this, our handicapping was probably the best we've ever had on the guide. We were all over mm-hmm. the races. Our betting was the worst we've ever had on the guide. <laughs> and, and honestly, a lot of it was we, we just didn't have any luck. And one person's horses in particular killed us a lot. So we'll get into that. But for this one, it's all positive. Uh, I wouldn't have changed the thing. I, we did we did the right thing. And, and I think we had a $300 bankroll and we invested 50 bucks into this race. I thought it was the right amount. I mean, obviously you win and you go, oh, why didn't you invest more? But before the races, this was the perfect amount. So it was a really good start. Yeah, it was, uh, you definitely, that's the thing. Like I looked back and I looked at back at my top fours and I was all over it. I was all over the entire day. I, I, I my handicapping was spot on. And like you say, the, 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 the betting was just, uh, was, I mean, I don't necessarily think we the, the the picks aside or the the structures were terribly awful. We just couldn't get runners when we needed runners. It was just uh, it was tough. Let's go to the next one because obviously Mighty Mischief. By the way, Mighty Mischief looked awesome, and this horse is probably the goods. Uh, I'd say look for this horse in a big stakes race moving forward. Uh, maybe not Matoli, but maybe like the next Matoli, so to speak, in that barn. Um, let's go to race six of Galaret Stakes. This one. Uh, we kind of got right in a sense, like Mean Mary's going to go to the lead. She pro- yeah, she will probably hold on. If she doesn't, we think Flighty Lady can run her down. And this was the start of a of kind of a rough, uh, you know, we played a big uh, exacta box here. $40 total, $20 exacta box with Flighty Lady and Mean Mary. Mean Mary did her thing, but Flighty Lady, she might be still running. Well, this is the theme. Chad Brown horses absolutely crushed us in these didn't fire and if one of them fires it's it's a profit and it's a very good roi and it's an roi that we're used to seeing in this but they they didn't um and the funny thing about well not really funny the frustrating thing about this one 
it's like you said, Mean Mary's doing her job, right? She's out in front. It's like, okay, we have the winner. We just have to get Flighty Lady home. Flighty Lady was seemed like was in a good spot in second, just tracking stuff. They're just going to run one, two all the way around the track. This would be great. All of a sudden, he gets her inside horses, and then she has to kind of re-rally. She's still inside, and then she has no run. So this was the start of just frustration from the brown horses. Uh, you know, I, I thought we were we were one to two to cash this bet uh, yeah. up the backside. And literally, one of these exotic bets that we talk about, just one, if it would have went our way, you, it's a it's a nice profit on the day. So that's that's just sometimes the difference between winning and losing is just that one race that you think you had. This one though, when they turned for home, you knew we were screwed. So it wasn't like a heartbreaking one, uh, like one we'll talk about a little later. But it was just very frustrating. And and the thing is with Mean Mary, you had to speculate that she was going to be too low of a price to play a win on. And so you know at that time the exact it was the call. I think it was the right bet, Jared. I just think we didn't get the right second horse. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have, uh, I, I wouldn't have gone with the second place horse, Mm-mm. you know? So to me, it was, I mean, if you're going to sit here and say, well, we need Chad Brown, the turf to run well on Saturday. I'd be like, okay. I mean, I like those odds, you know, because even if they need to run second, you know, like there was times it wasn't like we needed him to win all day. We didn't, frankly, the mm-hmm. way we structured the tickets was dead on. I just couldn't, like couldn't even get a, get him up for second or third, you mm-hmm. know. And he, and we'll talk about it one later. Like where you a strong favorite, you couldn't even get him to to hit the board. And it just was like it just seemed like that way, one race after another. Let's go to race eight, uh, the James W. Murphy Stakes. Uh, you know this one we we got a little bit interest, yeah, a little bit creative with the trifecta wheel, uh, Chasm, Charles Chrome, TD Dance. We had those three with extra extra sexy Big Daddy, and then those th- uh, four again in the third spot. Another one's like you, especially you like TD dance on top. I included them. Um, one did his part and then you just couldn't get it, get it home. Yeah. And we had the third place finisher. So we ran one, three in this trifecta. Uh, well, here's a good question. Was the amount too much in this race? It was only 18 bucks. So no, I, I don't feel like it. I did feel like this was a race where it's like, ah, I, I'm not totally confident in this. Um, but we did keep it a little lower to the 18. Um, you know, my only regret here is I had TD dance on top, even when out of door was in the race out of door was a big scratch out of the race would have been a big favorite. I thought TD dance was going to win, uh, regardless of, of him scratching or not. Um, so could I have pushed a little bit for a win wager? Yeah, probably could have. And he probably would have given it to me because the next race we talked about, I gave one to you that worked out that we'll talk about. But at the same time, four to five on TD Dance was probably a little too short for a win wager. So it's it's just another one of those things. I don't really regret what we did here. No, and and to be in the and to be to answer that question, it's like well, the reason why like because you got you have, to me I you, I just not going to play a fifty cent try ever unless it's the Kentucky Derby for the most part because it just doesn't make a, and I guess the Breeders Cup but it doesn't make a lot of sense because you got to have that one dollar base because you look at this try even with TD Dance we got that we got Charles Chrome in the third spot uh, Arzark was or Arzak was uh, like six to one almost okay. um, the try paid fifty six dollars you know for a buck and so. Even if we get this home, it's not like it pays a ton, and even it's even lower, obviously, if you play fifty cents. So, 
you kind of have to when you but when you make these tickets you have to assume okay it's like okay well what happens if td dance you know we get it it's rather chalky chalky and you want to at least be able to make some money and that's why you increase that base uh, a little bit for me mm-hmm. uh because if it, even if it gets home because it, it didn't seem i liked chasm a lot of the price that horse ran a weird race i thought and, and track tracked and went never got the lead and then just fa- you know faded so that was the frustrating part for that horse. Yep. Um, again, it just seemed like we couldn't quite round out a try. You know, we could get it, um, and then it couldn't finish it off. All right. The win, the win bets came back on in race nine, the skip hat stakes. Uh, and, man, this was one that uh, I loved going into the guy and said, we got to play a win bet, $50 to win. We decided on, on this horse. And another win bet that really was never in doubt. I mean, this horse looked awesome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this was a great call on your part. And and when this one wins, you're like, we're in great shape now. You know, <laughs> we literally just have to catch one more ticket and, and it's it's profit. And when this horse won, I had a really good feeling about the rest of the card because it's like, OK, we've done four races. Our two win wagers were, were spot on that. We never really had to sweat out either one of them. They were pretty easy wins. And the two exotic races that we lost it's not like it was a swing and a miss. So it's like, okay, we're, we're in pretty good. We're pretty good shape. We, we kind of have got uh, our handicapping down and really the handicapping part didn't go away. It just couldn't, couldn't piece anything together, but this was a big one for us. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, and it, someone says, uh, you know, it must be hard to make your picks before you know the odds. It is tricky. And that's part of the guide. You know, that's one of the balances we have to do with this guide. Cause obviously you, me, me, especially like I, if I'm just, plain like I, we haven't published a guide or something it's like i might i might make my final decision like when they're like getting close to the gate you know what i mean yeah. and so it makes it tricky whenever we have to publish a guide because obviously you want to give people enough time you don't want to post it on saturday morning you need time and a lot of people like to make their bets either the day before or even sometimes so it's tricky when you kind of have to make a decision early on uh but well, this one to be honest was one that i i i was never in doubt in our our kind of our overall strategy in this, assuming that you have some some horses that you can bet to win that you're pretty confident in, you do kind of look at those odds and you say, okay, if, if as long as we can get these two or three key horses home, you know, we're gonna make some money. And I that's kind of like when we were finished, I was like, all right, we got to get the three win bets home and we're gonna make money. And we were a little bit off on the odds. We got the three win bets home and we lost 12 bucks. And I, we were kind of thinking, okay, if we get them home, we'll make like 30 to 40. So just a couple of clicks up on the tote board and it's still a profitable day. So that's, and that's kind of to your point. It is tough to put these together when you have, have to guess on the odds. All right, so we get that one home. Uh, you know, we kind of swung and missed on the on the forty dollar ticket in the Galleret, you know, eighteen dollar ticket in Murphy. We get back, we hit, we've had we've hit two fifty dollar win bets. We're still doing well. We's like, we like, we get to race ten. We're like, all right, all we need is one of these tickets to get home, and and we'll make money. We'll be profitable. So the Jim McKay Turf Sprint, we knew this would be a tricky race in in terms of uh, being a, a turf sprint, is and and now and just generally. Uh, we made a one dollar base. We did a trifecta wheel. We did critical way with Hollis, and then we we kind of got a little creative underneath because sometimes these races do underneath Boulder, critical way, Hollis, Dabini, love you much, completed pass, and we did that again in the third spot. What were your? Uh, how do you look back at this one? Well, it, at first you go, well, you didn't have the winner, so you weren't close here. But we ran two, three, four, so you know, know. we just we just missed the winner. But we had everything else. 
the only regret, you know, maybe, and maybe back to your point, business in Boston uh, on, on the, uh, I think it was the eighth race. Maybe we did invest a little too much. Maybe $40 was a little too much. We could have invested it somewhere else. Um, but end of the day, wasn't overly upset here. Uh, just, I never would have played fire crow. If fire crow was like, yeah. Oh, we're on the fence. Well, maybe, you know, then you're mad, but it's like, this was one where just probably the, the only race where I thought, well, our handicapping just wasn't quite there with this one. Yeah. And it was one of those two that you're like, you know, cause I know I, I tweeted out, I was like, I wouldn't have bet fire crow with your money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just didn't see that. And so it's frustrating cause you feel like that horse shouldn't even hit the board and you hit the, you hit the try in that case. Um, so that was one of those, he freaks and you're like, well, we didn't have that. We weren't close. And I don't think a lot of people were. Another thing too, is kind of, we kind of worked, we, we didn't, we made, we, we worked our way back in a way we kind of said, okay, we don't really want to bet the pre too much in the Preakness. We just didn't have a good feel for it. Um, in a couple different ways, whether it be, we didn't know if we could make a lot of money how we're going to play this. You know, we don't love, you know, the Baffert's, you know, we don't love, you know, Midnight Bourbon necessarily. It's just in his odds are going to be too low. And so we weren't really sold on it. So we did, we kind of went thinner in the, in the, the big race. And that's kind of why we, we have a $40 ticket here, basically, you know, yeah. had, you know, we, we wanted to, we kind of wanted to get around a $300 uh, budget and that, and so we're like, well, that race makes sense. Cause those turf, you know, those turf sprints, yeah, so I mean, we were all over it. We just couldn't get that winner home. Um, all right, let's go uh, see. Let's get a few comments. Uh, for some reason, we might have to have, give each other brown horse different. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm French. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was tough. Uh, you know, not sure I would have had him on top, though. I do think, you know, Fire Crow. I, yeah, I don't. I just couldn't get there. Um, the only the only tell, I guess it's easy to say tell now, was and even I, uh, you know, Halter and I talked about this. We're like, man, Rosario's on the horse? Mm -hmm. Like, that That seems weird because it's like this horse has been doing everything and now he's here and turf sprint. So it seemed weird that you got Rosario. But obviously we know why, I guess, now. Um, all right, race 11, the Maryland Sprint Stakes. Uh, this one <coughs> was another one. You know, we, we spent a minimal amount, $18. We had Lockie. Strike Power, Special Reserve, Lockheed Strike Power, Special Reserve, Lockheed Strike Power, Special or Breezy Gus, Special Reserve, and Lebda. That was how we played this trifecta wheel. Well, I know, again, you're like, I mean, for me, I like Special Reserve, and I was like, hey, I mean, I felt good about it, but just, again, couldn't get it, couldn't get, you know, where the hell was Lockheed? Uh, this one hurt, because you're watching it, and all you see is the eight and the five, and it's like, oh man, this we've got it, you know. You don't even know who's behind, but it's like, surely one of those are gonna. I know. Get get third, and and this one just really hurt, and it hurt. This one, it's like we were all over this race. We really were, and and to miss it was tough. Uh, again, though, it's a situation. The a one dollar exact that paid nineteen bucks. We it wasn't a situation where like we had the eight five and first and second. Like we added the one, we weren't a hundred percent confident in the eight and five. So you couldn't play like a big exacta here. It just, this is very frustrating. This, this one, I, this one's not quite as frustrating as the 12th race, but it, it, it was definitely like, wow, I, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe we missed it because we were all over it. We handicapped that well, way too well to not get paid there. Well, you know, you look at, I mean, the, the dollar try paid $222. And so, you know, we have yeah. the eight, we have, uh, we have the five 
and you know frosted grace was 16 to 1 well i mean shit we had you know obviously he didn't run super well but we had like lebda which was 19 to 1 or we had um which he got never got a chance after the break but breezy gust uh was pulled up but i mean that was a horse like so we had opportunity to to get that home and and 200 bucks for 18 dollars that would have been a huge score uh and so i feel again i felt like we kind of structured it the right way again you just couldn't get all the runners to to run it's frustrating um all right let's go to the the dinner party steaks this was uh, race 12 again dude uh you know we had exacta wheel here ten dollar exacta wheel some like a hot brown cremata some like a hot brown cremata sacred life so basically what we thought here is we made a decision i like some uh, some like a hot brown on top and uh i believe you did you have sacred life on top or kermada yeah okay you had sacred life but we made the decision from a value perspective it made more sense to play the other chad brown in the top spot play sacred life who does like to finish you know get second play him underneath it was something like a hot brown i mean he did what he he did what i thought he would do he went gate to wire he looked awesome and he couldn't even get a chad brown horse on the turf to run like it was just so frustrating that he did you know something like a hot brown he did the hard part like that him winning was like yeah you know i think he could steal this thing but i don't know he did the hard part sacred life finishes fourth and kermada's awful awful i mean never he finished you know finished last so this was really frustrating another one of those that felt like we were all over it couldn't get it done this was the one that pissed me off the most reason being you again you turn for home and the top horse in your exacta is home and it's like, we got it. And then you scale back, you scan back, and it's like, we may not have it because Sacred Life is moving so well, he may actually get up and win. But there was no doubt in my mind the horse was going to get second. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you just stop. I mean, I, it was a horrible effort from him down the stretch. I was so pissed off by the time they hit the wire. Like, this was the one where, where it's like, that's just bullshit. Like we should, we should have hit that. That I, why did that horse not have anything, you know, to finish with? And like I said, it's getting the favorite Chad Brown on the turf home. Well, come on. And honestly, like to your point, I I went from, oh shit, we had Kermada on top. We didn't use Sacred Life. I, I honestly thought Sacred Life was gonna win. He's gonna pass them like a yep. hot brown. We're screwed because we were gonna have it. We had the wrong Chad Brown on top with some like a hot brown in second. I was like, oh, fuck. And then it went from that to please get up for second. And he yeah. just spun, I mean, just will spun completely. And yeah, that was another one that, like, again, didn't need him to win. Just needed him to get up for yep. second. And he couldn't even get, he couldn't even get, he didn't even get third. Um, but he was I mean, awful. You, could, you, can, you can see the pattern. Like, we were all over the races. We just, <laughs> we didn't make the right bets. <laughs> and didn't get... Yeah, like yeah yeah bad racing luck we we got some of that as well um well, yeah i mean we were we were there now the next race we're going to talk about the breakness we weren't really there but all these undercard races i i felt good about every one of them well you think about it this is such a frustrating stretch here because like you have you get td dance that was your top pick i had chubb well we both i mean i we used them but i that was my top pick chubb wagon um of course like i say the turf sprint was with fire pro wouldn't have gotten there uh, I get special yeah. reserve. That was my top pick. I get some like a hot brown. That was my top pick. 
and then I get the top pick in the in the final race. So it's like you felt like I got on this hot streak, and you just couldn't make it. You know, you still had nothing to show for it, so to speak, other than the win bet we had on Chubwagon. So uh, let's get to yeah. that the main event. Obviously, the uh, the Preakness Stakes race thirteen. Again, like I mentioned earlier, we just kind of got. We was like, you know what? We don't have a good feel for what's going to happen. It, it definitely seems like it'd be. You know, we loved Midnight Bourbon in terms of Keen in first, second, third. Um, felt like he was a, he was a, automatically going to hit the board. Medina Spirit felt like he was going to hit the board. So you're like, yeah, you get those two home, and you're really it's tough to make money here. And we used Constitute, we used Crowded Trade. That was kind of our price. That's the frustrating part here. We just did a three, four, five, ten trifecta box, twenty four dollars for a buck. This Crowded Trade was kind of the last one in, and you probably could have. Because you and I both were on, you know, we were on X Series XM before the race, and um, we were going through the field, and I I got Ron Bauer in, in on the, we went rolling back and forth, and I was like, yeah, this horse keeps growing on me, keeps growing on me, like I definitely think he could hit, hit the board, like I think he could finish third, fourth. It's one of those things, like you could have very easily put in Ron Bauer and not use crowded trade there. So that's to me, I was very frustrated with that because again, I feel like we handicapped it sort, you know, pretty well, and and just I. You know, that's how you get Ron Bauer home and don't think he's going to win. You know what I mean? Because if you use Ron Bauer to try box, you have it. Right. Once again, Chad Brown absolutely yep. killed us. There you go. There's no like crowded trade in Ron Bauer are, are pretty much right there. And it hindsight is always 2020. Like Samich came on it and he's like, oh, that was an easy one to get to. No, it was not. No, it was not. Nobody knows more about Ron Bauer than me. I followed him all year because I have him. My fantasy league, He's he was not very good. It, it Crowded trade, it, you know, if you look at it for what it was before this race, had a better chance to improve than Ron Bauer. I don't care what anybody says. And you say, well, crowded trade, he came from, he came from Aqueduct, and those horses are terrible. Ron Bauer barely won the El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate. Barely. I mean barely, all out to win it. Ron Bauer was beaten six links by essential quality and highly motivated. He was barely in the picture the whole race in the bluegrass. Nothing said Ron Bauer could, could run like that. Crowded trade, you look and go, well, he was really close to winning You know the Gotham. He, he, he didn't run great in the wood, but at least he was third and he was wide and he's trained by Chad Brown and he's been pointing him towards this race. That was another argument. It's like, well, Ron Bauer was pointed towards this race. So it was crowded trade, you yeah. know, <laughs> and it, it's just one of those things. The brown horses absolutely killed us, and he killed us here. And uh, as far as Ron Bauer, listen, that performance was fantastic. They there's not a three year old that's in training right now that's going to beat him if he runs that race. Not even essential quality. Like that was fantastic. I, I'm watching Midnight Bourbon, who I had to win, and they they they. On the turn, I look and it's like he's going to put away Medina Spirit. You could tell Midnight Bourbon was going to outfinish Medina Spirit. Yep. It was going to happen. Presses him on the rail. I thought, oh, that is just a really, really good job by Irad. He took it to him. He's going to beat him. And on the turn, I looked and I was like, oh, Ron Bauer's in third. He'll never make a move. You scan back and it's like Midnight Bourbon has the race. It's over. You, you turn for home. He 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 takes the lead and you do that one more look back if you have that horse ahead. You look back, and you're like, no, Ron Bauer's going to just fly right by him. In a second, once you spotted Ron Bauer, yeah. no matter when it was, yep. you knew it was over. Yep. 
you knew if you if you know anything about watching a race because he was traveling like two like two links to one. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, you we were watching it together, and and of course you were pumped for Midnight Bourbon. That's who you picked, and you really wanted him to win, obviously. And uh, he made like as soon as he made that move, and he, he, he you I said, uh oh, here comes Ron Bauer. And before I could even finish saying it, the race is over. It's over. Like you're yep. just like, okay, he's gonna win. And you're like, holy shit. Midnight Bourbon grabs the lead from Medina Spirit and their stride for stride, and they're into the stretch. Medina Spirit fights on on the outside. Midnight Bourbon, Rob Bauer is rolling up to them. Coming by the eighth pole, it is now Rombauer storming to the front, taking over from Midnight Bourbon. Medina Spirit has dropped back. Keep me in mind is fourth. Rombauer and Flavian Pratt win the Preakness. I'm with you. Totally agree. Like to me, Midnight Bourbon was super predictable to finish second. To me, Rombauer was very predictable to finish third and fourth. And for him to win that way, like it wasn't. And like we said on the show afterwards and also on XM afterwards, it's like if he gets up and wins by a nostril and, you know, and catches Midnight Bourbon or Midnight Bourbon gets tired and here comes Ron Ballard, he nails him at the wire just by a nostril. You're like, yeah, that was surprising, but not overly shocked because Ron Bauer kind of ran his race and people kind of backed up. But for him to just absolutely go by them like they're standing still, uh, it was just it's hard to like i said that that's why like using him in the box would have been awesome because that's how you get to him to win because i never would have got to him i never would have keyed him let's just say in a top spot of that try never ever so yeah uh yeah this, super this frustrating. is such treacherous such a true statement we're sound the track uh-oh yeah. and we've all had it where where we have that horse that's in the lead and, you know, again, mentally, when you get that horse and he's in front and he's put away the other speed or he or she, and then you look back, oh, we all do it. We look back. Okay. Who's coming. It's the greatest feeling ever when nobody is. Yeah. And it is the worst feeling ever when you know that the, you see one and it's like, well, that horse will have to fall down or, or we're, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And it was immediately like that. Um, too bad, you know, um, it wasn't crowded trade for us, but uh, good for my fantasy league, I guess. So. Yeah, the, the, only, the, the horses hadn't even gotten back to, you know, ran back and Halterman has already had his hands up. I'm going to win the fantasy league two years in a row. Was like, <laughs> get the hell out of here, please. Uh, no, Pratt, I agree, Vinny. Pratt wrote up. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a picture perfect ride. You know, you, you watch it. I mean, we even made a comment live watching it. I said, we, you know, it's like, oh, look at Ron Bauer making a little early move there. And and, he, and Pratt got him in position. And even afterwards, McCarthy was like, he was a little closer than I thought he would be. And that's all Pratt, guys. That is Pratt. He we, he did it with, we talked about this, you and I did. He did it with Country House in the Kentucky Derby. He got that horse in position earlier. And I guess you could say he got it in position early. But then the horse still had his normal late kick that he likes to have. He's just closer. Like it was a brilliant ride to get the horse in a, in, in a position to win, and that's what he did. I would love to ask Pratt how he does that. Not get him closer. That makes sense. But usually, when you have a closer or a horse that likes to come from behind, when you put them in the race early, they don't have that kick. But that's twice now. Ron Bauer closed like he was 15 links off the pace. Right. And he was three, you know? <laughs> well, that, that also says a lot about the horse to be able to basically, yeah. okay, I need I need a gear from you, and then let me back it off, basically. like, yep. And that tells you like a lot about the horse. Like the horse was able to yep. 
you know, and it wasn't like they were going super slow uh, up front. So, you know, it, him being closer could have backfired, you know, very bad, you know, very badly as well. What if that horse makes that move and, and just flattens out in the lane and loses by a half length? Like he's making up ground, but it's too slow, you know, or whatever. Yeah. What are we saying then? You're saying, why did he have him so close? The pace was so hot. You just come for a little bit further out of it. You would have won. Yeah. Somehow it works with Pratt and these big, like, I, I don't know how he does it. Like that's, that's like, uh, that's the magic man there. I don't, I don't know, but it was a fantastic ride. And we talked about it. A lot of these horses were pace dependent that were long shots. And you had to think one of them would try to get up, up in a good spot. And Pratt was the one to do it. But again, you got to credit the horse for still being able to have that finish. That was, it was impressive. Yeah. What he does next will be, uh, you know, can he validate that? So to speak, can he continue that? you know, run into, because, uh, I mean, that was a different dimension, not really dimension, but different, just a different horse. Like you said, I mean, you've, you've been watching this horse all year very closely. I mean, this is a joke of a horse, really, all year. You're like, yeah, I mean, he might get up for, for third or fourth, but this horse has no chance. And for him to do that, it completely changes the game. I'll pull Vinny up, not for the comment, just because I remember after the El Camino Real uh, Vinny texted me. He's like, "Hey, you got 20 points." I was like, "Yeah, but he is awful. Like, he is bad." Vinny's like, "I don't know. I think he'll run on, and he'll kind of be that third place horse." And he, and the to Vinny's credit, in the bluegrass, that's exactly what he did. And so I was like thinking the same thing. He's like, "Yeah, he's gonna keep me out of last place because he's gonna run, and he he'll get you know thirds and and, and whatever." But yeah, he he found another gear. It was incredible. Yeah, and after like uh, like we said earlier on the show, and after all that praise, and he's going back to Hot Rod Charlie, and that's super interesting. Yeah, I know. And he made that decision quick, and so yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously he he liked what he saw or um, felt with him in the Derby. I guess I don't know. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if that pays off. It obviously backfired on Rosario. Um, in the Derby, uh, with rock, mm-hmm. you know, with rocket world and switch, you know, not opting to not ride. And that's how Pratt got them out on hot rod. Um, all right. To finish this thing off, you know, so that, yeah. that's a downer, not for you, I guess, you know, for personal reasons, but we, we get to the, yeah, yes. We bet the UA president cup. Cause we're like, this horse is going to win. Patty's day wins $20. It wasn't a huge cash, but $20. It really got us at least a little bit closer to breaking even, so that was, uh, you know, won pretty easily. Um, we, it was another, you know, the wind bets. They didn't miss all day. And and yet we, we, we finished just, what was the total? Was it $12? Yeah, we finished $12 down. We bet $20 to win here. And we should have bet 50 We would have been ahead, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's like, you, you, you asked me, it's like, should we include this? It's like, yeah, because Patty's Day is going to win and it's free money, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, do you really know? I was like, yeah, I watched Patty's Day. I watched Patty's Day at Sam Houston. I watched him win this race last year. I know about these horses. I watched them at Lone Star and Sam Houston and Delaware. So, yes, put that race on there. So Yeah, because and that's a that's the beauty of it. It's like, well, he's I mean, this is like these horses are so awfully slow, but he's the fastest of the bunch, and so you might as well yeah. I mean, it's like you say, it's free money. Just don't fall down. And so um yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, like Vinny said, like it was not a, it wasn't a bad day at all. It was just, it was frustrating day, because we were one hit, one cash away from this being another profitable uh, guide yeah. in the bets, and and we just weren't there. I looking back, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of 
regrets um, as far as how we structured them. Um, my regret, which is hindsight, because I had the same regret in the in the derby, is I wish I would have used Ron Bauer instead of Crowded Trade. But again, that's easy to say now. Um, I could I, I could see how we would have gotten there. That's not hard for me to get there. But I just would have because I kind of felt like Crowded Trade could win, and I didn't necessarily think Ron Bauer could win. Also, can we talk about real quickly how god awful concert tour was? The only <laughs> horse that he beat was Ram, and Ram definitely shouldn't have been in the race. He was awful, um, but he, concert tour was just phenomenally bad. And and, I, and me picking him, which I'm sorry, I'm, I could give credit. You give me credit for Chubb Wagon. I'll get you. Got to give me. You know, put me down a little bit for this horse because yeah. I told you and like, we were watching it together and. and before they got to the first turn, I was like, well, this isn't good. Because you could just tell, like, he wasn't moving real well. He wasn't getting to the lead. He was wide. It was just like, well, this horse is going to have to be, like, dramatically good to win this race. And you could tell, I mean, the turn, he was done. And you're like, oh, okay. So, Constantur was just god-awful. God-awful. Um, I don't think we'll see this horse for a little bit of time. Yeah, it, it was it was so horrible. Like, that, that was just terrible performance. And you know, you talk about wish we would have used Ron Bauer. If you if you don't use Crowded Trade and you use Ron Bauer, it's a difference between losing twelve dollars and making one hundred and eighty. So, this shows you that's kind of the whole theme of what we did. One one little thing goes differently, and you get that profit. Um, so, concert tour was just really bad. I I didn't know what like I'm not shocked that he finished ninth, and I wouldn't have been shocked if he won. Like I I just didn't know what to make of him one way or another. And that was that was the big problem with him. You were afraid not to use him, but at the same time, it's like he was really bad in Arkansas. And if he's that bad again, he will finish towards the back. <laughs> yep, yep, um, yeah. We'll be back for the Belmont doing the same thing. Obviously, I, you know, obviously, got to think. You know, we're gonna. I'm more excited. Though, like I love. You know, these races are fine, but you know, give me Grade Ones all day long. Um, yeah, and so we'll, yeah. we'll be all over. It'd be like a Breeders' Cup card, and you know, you're gonna have days like this. You know, I feel like we we. You just follow, you know, just just follow us, and 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 it might be as simple as, hey, they used Crowded Trade. I hate that horse. I'm gonna use Ron Bauer, and maybe you cash. Yeah. And I hope you did. Um, tell you know, tell us on some of these, and and use your own opinion and others. Like I think that's what's so great about this this portion of the guide. Um, yeah, yeah. Like final thoughts and what you want people to kind of leave with on this. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, we've done this, we did this for the Breeders' Cup in uh, 2020, obviously, the Pegasus, the Kentucky Derby, and the Preakness in 2021. So we've done it four times, and if you did all four, you, you're ahead $656 for a uh, 41.2% ROI. And so even with that $12 loss uh, last Saturday, still a 41.2% ROI. Um, so I'm still happy with it. I mean, obviously, we never want to have a day where, where those that article doesn't make money you know I, I don't i don't think we have to state that that goes without saying right but overall still doing well i think we'll bounce back with a good belmont uh you know day we usually do well on that day and and let's just keep it going we we have a ton of fun with these we definitely get way into it and way nervous because there's a lot of people that are out there playing these so Hopefully we can keep them going. Hopefully keep the ROI going uh, positive. And the beautiful thing about it is, and I love it, um, because part of the reason why we are so invested in how these do is because we are literally betting these with 
this with our real own money. And so it's yeah. not like, hey, this is how we're going to play it. Like, no, we're betting these with you. So we, we yeah. and it's even better when you're at, I mean, when you're at, like, well, obviously we're, we're at the track most of the time we do these, we're there. So it's, we're living with it. You know, the, the guide is free flowing, you know, how we're doing. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing. We, we give you a lot of data in the guides, but then, you know, for the Breeders' Cup, we're sitting around and it's like, Let's give them exactly what we're going to bet because that's kind of what most people probably want to know anyway. Yep. So this is our bets. This this is what we're doing for better or for worse. Um, and yeah, we're playing right along there with you. So it's we we try to make it fun um, and and hope you guys are having a good time with it. And obviously, it's 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 more fun when you win. But uh, again, lost twelve dollars. I wasn't crying over it. That's for sure. And and we got we got a lot more uh, you know to go. We got Belmont coming up. I'm sure we'll do it for the Travers. Uh, you know, big days like the Breeders' Cup, obviously. So we're we, we got we got more more fun to to have. Oh yeah, yep. See, uh, go to website racingdudes.com. Go to the uh, premium section on the main menu, and you can, of course, if you're a subscriber, you get any guide we have uh, available. You get those for free. This is the time to have a subscription because we are pumping out of guides left and right. And of course, we're right around the corner. We'll be going to Saratoga, and again, lots of big stakes action coming up. More guides to come. Uh, we'll be back for the Belmont, so stay tuned. <laughs> All right, now we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to bring on Dan Markoff. And if you're saying, what, who the hell is this guy? Dan Markoff, if you've, seen, if you've been living under a rock, uh, you've maybe, or if, maybe you need to be updated here. Uh, but Val Baffert, there's some situation going on, and uh, you know, did Medina Spirit win the Kentucky Derby? He did as of now. We're still waiting to find out what that split sample looks like. But Dan Markoff is the lawyer who filed the first ever class action lawsuit against Bob Baffert and Zidane Stables who obviously uh, owner of Medina Spirit. So we wanted to bring him on and uh, kind of, I'm sure you guys have been, obviously the whole country, sports or, uh, or horse racing uh, otherwise, has, has been interested in what's going on here, not just with the split sample, but this lawsuit. So let's bring on Dan. Dan, what's up, man? Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess let's just first get to the question uh, that people would be wanting to know is how, how did you first... Uh, Let's see. How did you first get to hear about this situation? Not just the obviously. I mean, everyone knew about the the uh, when this news broke. I mean, it was world you know worldwide news basically. Uh, but how did you kind of first hear of the the pending or possible of a of a lawsuit happening? And and how did you be you know become that guy? Well, um, let me let me just give a, a little bit of background that'll help a bit. So uh, when I was uh, in law school in Oklahoma City. 30 something years ago, one of, I was working for a, a firm and, and one of the partners took me out on the weekend to Remington Park, which obviously you know well. And uh, I had never been to a track in my life. And like so many people in our sport, I just fell in love with it. And uh, years and years of research and a wall of books in my house, I'm what I call a, a very serious recreational better, like so many of, of your listeners in that I play weekends when I can, and I always play big days when I can. I've been to three Breeders' Cup uh, betting challenges, never placed, but I still showed up. And uh, so I've been concerned about the drug use and problems in this sport, like so many people for years. And I pool some money for the Derby every year. And this year I, I usually make a couple of bets. And this year, as you know, they raised the limits, the minimums on Superfectus to a dollar, which for larger bettors is an advantage. 
And so I put in an $8,000 super <laughs> with the Derby and uh, had about five, I had five horses on top, including Mandaloon. And I had every horse underneath that I needed uh, if Medina Spirit had finished third or fourth, which is how I handicapped the race. I was convinced the horse would either finish third or fourth or just run out. And at the top of the stretch, that's exactly what I thought would happen, by the way. So it didn't happen. And I just was kind of disgusted because I was like, you know, how do you leave out Baffert, you know, in, in the Derby? But, uh, but I did. And that was that. And I instantly was curious and thought, well, maybe, just maybe, you know, this horse was under the influence. But I thought, no, it's the Derby. There's no chance that could have occurred. Fast forward Sunday morning, uh, I, didn't understand, I didn't hear about it Saturday night like I know you did. So Sunday morning, I hear this press conference from Churchill uh, that Baffert's giving. And I'm, first thing I'm wondering, why in the world is he announcing this instead of Churchill Downs? <laughs> that was the first thing that I couldn't understand. But I hear this press conference and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I just was absolutely blown away. And so now I've lost what would have been one of the biggest scores in my life with a 27 to one on top of chalk chalk and a 40 to one with a minimum uh, super effective wager uh, dollar. That would have been a heck of a, a return. Oof. And I just uh, started thinking this, you know, this is a pattern in practice. We may have something here legally. And the, the whole point of this case was this from the beginning was there are groups that take care as best they can the horses in, in horse racing. There are groups that look after all these other interests. And in this situation, if indeed Medina Spirit is disqualified, if the split comes back positive, then the owner of Mandaloon, the trainer and the jockey are going to get what they rightfully deserve. The same for the, the second place finisher uh, and uh, as well as the central quality, finish fourth will be moved up to third. Hot Rod Charlie will be moved from third to second. Everyone gets taken care of. Churchill Downs made, I don't know how much, but tens of millions of dollars on this race. Everyone is taken care of except for the better. And the better is just screwed. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. And it's a shame that the lawyers have to get involved. That's really how I look at it. But I don't see at this point what else to do. And so I called a friend of mine in Oklahoma City who's a class action lawyer. My background is in pharmaceutical litigation. And I said, look, here's what happened. He's not a horse racing guy, really. But he said, I think you have something here. So we spent the week trying to figure out, you know, how to put something together. And then we had Baffert come out on Monday, as you know, Jared. And he said, oh, you know, well, you know, first he said on Sunday, the horse never got it. <laughs> then we said that Monday changed his story. And so by Thursday night, or Thursday late, about 4.30 or so, we filed a case. And that's where we are today. So, so the big thing is that you said, hey, I'm, I'm representing the better here. And you literally bet the race, but you are one of the betters. So I think you kind of touch on, um, you know, because we know, we know some of the main players involved in this. Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Was it worked on together? Kind of how did that lay out to where it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do now? That's a great question, Aaron. So I – knew someone that knew Michael Baychock. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and Michael Baychock for, I hope a lot of your listeners is a, is a pretty well-known name in our, in our game in horse racing. He won the Eclipse Award for the top handicapper in 2012, a you know, million dollar uh, win at the NHC. 
And I got a hold of Michael uh, and we, uh, I told him what I was thinking about and he was very interested in being the lead plaintiff. I said, I want someone who knows this business. And he also had a big loss like I did. And uh, so I talked to him, he wanted to think about it. He gave it some thought and he agreed to be the lead plaintiff. And he's terrific. He's extraordinarily knowledgeable as a handicapper and he understands this industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of us, and I don't, I don't mean this negatively towards some of the other people involved, but I think when you got his name attached to it, and Jared, you could kind of second this maybe, it's like, this is a real deal. Like, I think everybody kind of read about it, kind of saw speculation and thought, eh, I don't know about this. But when he got involved, I definitely think the validity of this, it, it definitely spiked, right? It, it did. And there's another huge point here, Aaron, that I really want to make, which is this. If this was a one-off violation, there is no lawsuit. At least there's sure no lawsuit from, from, from me and my group at all. We have sued Baffert under a RICO violation, okay? And you, you probably have heard of the word RICO. You know, maybe you watched enough criminal intent or TV shows that you, you've heard something about it. RICO actions were originally used to take down the mob in Jersey and New York, okay? And the reason this is a RICO violation is you have interstate commerce, you have, I won't go through all the exact elements that are necessary, but the, the most important element is you have a pattern, okay? And there is a distinct pattern of cheating here that goes back for a long time with Bob Baffert. And it especially is involved in million dollar important races in America. You have the Kentucky Oaks last year, you have the Arkansas Derby last year, and then the the, the final, I think, point for me was this, as far as that pushed me over the edge to do this, was you have his press release on November 4th of last year. And he says, I need to basically, I'm paraphrasing, but I need to clean up my act. And I know that for racing, I need to do it. And the first thing I'm doing is I'm hiring Dr. Hoare. Okay, Dr. Hoare is a veterinarian at Louisville. And Dr. Hoare is going to monitor my stables and make sure that, that nothing else goes wrong, okay? Well then fast forward to what's occurred this past week, two weeks, and we get another press release from Bob Baffert's attorney that, oh, guess what? We actually didn't hire Dr. Hoare. It turned out there was a pandemic going on and so we uh, never hired him. So in other words, First of all, in November of last year, you sure should have known there was a pandemic going on because it had been going on for eight months, at least. The second thing is, if you're going to come out and you're going to tell betters about how you've cleaned up your stable and you've taken drugs and illegal drug issues out of the mix, and then you decide you're not doing the main thing that you just said you're going to do, then you at least owe the betting public another press release. So I, I do want to, so what's, I, okay, I guess I'll wait for to ask the what's next question. But basically, we are still waiting at this point, and it's it's crazy, right? We're still waiting on that split sample. So at this point, Medina Spirit is still the winner. And what happens if if the split sample comes back no negative, meaning that no, no, there's no foul play here. The horse stays. This lawsuit just is that it. Great question, Jared. I'm going to give you the only legal answer I'm going to give you tonight. We're just going to have to cross that bridge <laughs> when it comes to it, if it occurs. I, I will I will tell you from my 
30 plus years in horse racing experience, usually when there's a split, it comes back positive. If we're, if yep. we're, if we're in a situation where we need a split, it generally it comes back positive. Isn't that what you? Right. Uh, yeah, what, of course. I mean, I think we all are expecting that. Um, and, and obviously right. we, we've seen this game for a long time and we, like you say, you kind of know when the, when the split comes back, it's usually verifying what we already knew. Um, so I, I to second that question, like I've had a lot, we had a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, uh, contacts ask us, well, what about the track? You know, are, are they, are they going, you know, it's one thing to go after, I shouldn't say go after, file a suit against uh, Bob Baffert and the ownership, but what about, say, Churchill Downs in this case? I mean, is that something that is on the radar? I mean, if, if say, this doesn't work, uh, if, if they, whatever happens, like, is the track at fault in any way in your in your eyes? It's another, it's a great question, and I've been asked it a lot, and I can tell you that the lawyers involved in this as well as the lead plaintiff, Michael Bachock, we had a lot of discussions about uh, whether or not to bring action, an action against CDI, Churchill Downs Incorporated, and we chose not to at this point, okay? Now, I will say that uh, we can get in, you know, it's a very legal discussion, but there are a lot of statutes on the books in different states, especially in Kentucky, that protect Churchill Downs. And the, main, and, the, and the understanding, the purpose of these statutes, which makes some sense, is that when the stores declare a race final, the bets are paid out. And so you can't go back, Churchill can't go back and claw back, you know, the people who had Medina Spirit and got paid. So, right. and so that, you know, there's, there's certain ideas that are out there. One is there should be some kind of fund, okay? Another, uh, for betters, like in this situation, another idea, that's I've heard of is that why can't, you know, Pimlico tested Medina Spirit before the horse ran in the Preakness and the horse passed and the horse ran. Well, why didn't, why can't Churchill test the same way before their horses run? And that, that would just give an extra level. And I know they do some testing, but can't they test on a level where something like this, like betamethasone would have been captured? And in that way, they're not running a horse that shouldn't be running. Well, I think to that to that point, that's because you know, say look back at I always look back at like Country House, obviously, who even though whether you agreed with that DQ or not, you will left the track knowing that you got your money or you did, you know, if you if it was over, like that was it. Whereas this is kind of left up in the air. Um, and to your point, I think a lot of people are saying, well, if that if they're if just like the the Pimlico did for the Preakness, it's like if if. You don't even ever he never even runs in the race if if the if the test is done and 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 results are are known before the race even happens. Is that what you're saying? Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's something very very messed up with the testing in this in this sport that we all love. I mean, the idea that we're still sitting around waiting for the split to come back is crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. And I don't. And so the same thing. I mean, obviously. We need some level of better testing. And I want to, you may ask me this question, either one of you, Jared or Aaron, but I want to bring it out ahead of time. I see all this stuff online constantly. Well, it was one picogram, you know, we got tested for a picogram and that's a trillionth. And the, you know, Baffert put that out in his press conference. It's not fair. The trainer's getting hit with these, you know, trace amounts, but that's picogram per milliliter. <laughs> Okay, you know how many milliliters are in a 
in a horse. I mean, a 1,200-pound horse. I mean, I've read, I don't have an average, but I've read somewhere around 545,000 might be an average. So that's just a, I just want to clear that up. When you see that and you hear that, it's not fair. It's not like there was one trillionth of the entire horse. It's one trillionth in a milliliter. It's funny. We're bringing up things and my, my friends that don't really follow racing or, or family that don't really follow it, explaining these things over and over. I think all three of us on the stream have probably done that a hundred times. And another thing that I've tried to explain is what you laid out about the testing and kind of the flaws of horse racing with the testing. I want to kind of just be honest and say this is my biggest worry about your case. The testing and the flaws could work against you because what if and, and are you worried about that? Because my point of it is this. The general public might look at it and say, well, OK, yes, he got these positives, but he didn't in all these other races. So, you know, maybe it's governing itself. Is that kind of one of your biggest things that you're going to have to present is, hey, the testing is flawed. Maybe he had, you know, drugs in the system when when it wasn't detected. Well, I, my, my biggest fear is is based out of I've read a lot of comments online when you see you know, the lawsuits published all over the place. And if you can go to USA Today, for instance, and you can just start reading comments. And I found that people don't have an enormous amount of sympathy for uh, horse race betters. OK, and they don't really love lawyers. So that's kind of a, that's an interesting combination right there. Yeah. But when you start to kind of it's this pattern of, of, of continual failures of, of testing that I think is important. And, and there's two other points that I, I want to bring out real quick. One is we we're signing up, you know, dozens of people a day, give or take, you know, it, some days we've been signing up more, some less today. I think we signed up over a dozen of people who have losses. And one thing that's pretty extraordinary, we're talking about, serious losses here financially because you had a 27 to one horse come in in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, we were getting people who lost 15, 20, 30, $40,000. And they know that amount to be exact because, you know, they wrote down the will pays on the pick five on the, you know, they know the will pay in the double they, on, the, on the, on the pick three. And what we don't know, which we're going to find out at some point is what was the will pay on the super? What was the will pay on the try? Mm -hmm. You have any idea? We're talking about, I mean, we're talking about a lot of money here, a whole lot of money. It's not like, uh, I, I don't, I thought I would have people emailing and contacting us who had a $10 show bet on a sense of quality <laughs> who, who, who technically was, you know, was the favorite. We'll move up to third if Medina spirit is disqualified and they have a action also, but we're not getting those. I guess those people are, they don't really care. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting people with pick sixes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, Aaron, I didn't really do a great job answering your exact <laughs> question. I think just the key is looking back on the history of positives, the history of excuses, which uh, does not pass the, the I mean, credibility mm -hmm. threshold. And then also, uh, we're talking mostly about we're not talking about claimers, a ten thousand dollar claimer at Santa Anita on Wednesday. We're talking about major, major million-dollar important races in, in horse racing where there's positives. Right, exactly. Um, what 
what's like what's the the timeline look i know you're still fault you're getting people added to this uh you say every day um what's the what's it look because obviously like i mentioned a little bit ago we're still like we're still technically in a holding pattern i mean as we're waiting for the history books basically to be rewritten or not be rewritten depending on what that looks like but with the medina spirit being taken down and mandaloon being the quote-unquote derby winner right uh so we're still waiting for that but say that happens how does this kind of move like how fast does this move um you know do you foresee people like you know what's kind of the next steps okay the lawsuit's been filed now what well the uh it's been filed and served okay on one of the parties and uh they have an x amount of days to answer respond to the to the lawsuit um bob baffert's lawyer publicly said it's without merit okay so i'm expecting uh, a written argument basically stating the same they'll likely try and uh, they'll likely file some type of motion dismiss to try and get out of the lawsuit at what's called the pleading stage. And um, we will, uh, you know, we'll have hearings in front of the judge. And then there's a lot of moving parts because there are likely to be other cases filed in the United States and it's very possible. So uh, we'll see. You know, one other thing that a lot of people don't know, and I don't know if the two of you knew, because I sure didn't know it, do you know that this has all been there? There's another case that had been filed before, not about this, but about a New Jersey. Do you know about the Treader case? Was was this the harness racing case? Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in 2016, a guy in Illinois, I think outside Chicago, mm-hmm. placed a number of wagers on a harness race in, uh, I guess it was Freehold, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Jersey. And uh, I do not know a lot about harness racing, but I do know that, you know, the basics. And he had uh, over $31,000 of the payoffs that he would have hit uh, through multi-race wagers on the second, third, fourth, and fifth place finishers. And so we lost. And then a, a week later, whatever time it took, the winner was DQ'd because of a drug violation. It, was a, it had been a pattern by the trainer and the owner had all been hit with drug violations before. And the uh, Mr. Treader filed filed a case in New Jersey, and it went through the system over a number of years. But it actually it actually settled. It settled for twenty thousand dollars, and so it didn't set a lot of precedent because there weren't what you know legal jargon. There weren't motions for summary judgment that were filed and, and won, but there was a case filed and it did resolve. Okay, so the idea that people are saying you have no chance, you have no chance, you have no chance, I would say. I disagree. It, it's got to got to feel good to kind of have that out there, right? Like, hey, this guy was successful. Now, in his case, and I and I don't know it maybe as well as you do, but did he file it against the owner and trainer, or did he file against the track? I mean, do you know? He, he sure, Aaron. He filed it just again. He did exactly what we've done. So the exact same thing. Same yeah, thing. yeah. Owner- that's very so did that kind of play into the role or, or kind of your mindset of hey let's let's copy that a little bit and that's that kind of played into the decision of, let's go let's let's do it with Baffert and the ownership I think somewhat and, and I think the other thing that played in the, the the strategy that we used in part is uh, you know in my career I've always tried to sue as few parties as possible I don't like to overplead, as we call it, and and I always want to sue who I think is the most uh, culpable, 
And I think here, if I had to choose, you're asking me, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to volunteer it. If I had to choose between Bob Baffert and Churchill Downs, I'm going to go with Bob Baffert being the most culpable party in creating this mess. Well, and that's a good segue into my next question is because I, I think um, obviously the, the goal here is you hope it resolves positive for you uh, in terms of a settlement or a you know, judgment, but does, is there some sort of satisfaction for whether it be for you or your clients or people that are you know involved that say, you know what, like whether I get my money back or not, like I like I'm sick of it. I need I want to be I kind of want to put my foot down and this is how I do it. Completely. Uh, absolutely, Jared. Absolutely. I mean, no one has cared at all about the betters and, and it's not just in this one little area. You know, there's a lot of areas in horse racing where the better is really shuffled down the side. And the, the truth of the whole matter is that without us, without the better, there is no horse racing. It, unless you have integrity and you have people participating and they believe it's a fair and honest game, there is no horse racing because none of it, there's no purses, there's nothing. And it's time that, I mean, no one even thought did, did anyone even, you know, it's not final, but can you ever remember a situation where a crack even sent out a press release apologizing to the betters when they took down a horse in a drug violation and said, wow, we're real, you know, we're sorry about this. And we're sorry. You, you know, of course not. I mean, Aaron's laughing for those who can't see it. He's laughing because right. The idea of it is even funny. Yeah, no, it is. And, and I think the key point with horse racing uh, you know, let's just take baseball, for example. There's there's a play at the plate and, and it doesn't go your way as a better betting doesn't it isn't the lifeblood of regular sports like baseball, basketball, hockey, you know, football. Here it is. If you don't like I said, if you don't have betters, you don't have a sport. So, I mean, to that kind of, you know, thought idea process and kind of what Jared said, hey, even even if you win or lose, whatever, just you're taking a stand, you're kind of, you know, you know, saying that's it, I'm done with it. Say you do have some success with this, and do is it kind of a situation where it's like, okay, we're going to go after all the people that kind of cost us in this situation, cost us as in all the betting community, not just you guys as an individual party. But is that kind of on the radar of, hey, if we have success here, we can use this and, and clean the game up even further? Like, is that even a thought process right now? It is a little bit. Only in that, you know, I know that most Americans, you know, lawyers are not their favorite people generally. And also, but I, and I don't want to give a long speech about all the good that lawyers have done, but lawyers did bring us seatbelts and airbags. Okay. <laughs> those simple examples. I mean, it's true. You know, that's one thing that lawyers, two things that lawyers did do. And if lawyers can clean this up, if, if this serves as what you're really saying, Aaron, is what if this serves as a deterrent? Right. What right. if we're successful and other trainers look at this and think, whoa, you know, I'm not going to get a $1,500 fine in a, for cheating in a million dollar race, which, by the way, is insane. <laughs> OK, that's yeah. that's right. That's just that's a joke. It's 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 a joke. And so maybe if they say, well, I might get my $1,500 fine. But I also may end up in court litigating this for two years. And that's the last place that a trainer would want to be. 
And, and I don't want to, you know, we're trying to help this game and, and save it, not break it. Right. And, right. Well, I, just, and, I, I just think that, like, and then not to cut you off, but I think ultimately, no matter how you feel about the lawsuit in general, like, yeah, I mean, we all love this game. I mean, as betters, even though it's your, your you know, win or lose, I mean, that, Alter and I, a lot of times, will you know, just like to watch a race to watch it. You know, because we love it that much, and obviously, if you win money, that's great. But I think you're well. You're you know, you you don't want to see the game go downhill based off of things like this. Well, Jared, that kind of leads me into one other point, and this is not included in the lawsuit. And this is my opinion. I want to make that perfectly clear. I'm just making an opinion, which is I was a bit astounded. And uh, I think it's noteworthy to look that on Kentucky Derby Day, Bob Baffert entered three horses that placed first in all three races that they were entered. Gamine, DeJour, and then Medina Spirit. Fast forward two weeks, all this occurs. He entered five horses over the weekend at Pimlico and Preakness weekend, including two favorites, one that lost by in the uh, beautiful gift in the black eyed Susan lost by 21 lanes, I think. Okay. <laughs> and I, and my point was that is simply that it's, I think it's something that is interesting. Okay. And I think it's, uh, it's something I'd like to explore by looking at, you know, through, through a lawsuit, you know, keep in mind, we can look at, at vet records. Okay. We can discover things that the general public hasn't seen hmm. that might give us some answers. Well, well, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's, what would you, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. Um, obviously <laughs> if anybody that wants to detailed analysis of this, of this, uh, class action lawsuit, I'll have a link to the PDF, um, in the, in the, uh, on the website with this podcast. So if you want to like really go through and, and look at it, you can, but Dan, what what kind of final thoughts? Uh, what would you you know people listening? What you know what do you want to kind of put out there or, or let them know or uh, anything that kind of to wrap this up as far as the case goes? Uh, one last comment, and then I'll answer your question. Is that I think Medina Spirit ran exactly in the prigness as I handicapped the horse to run the to run in the Derby. Be out front, be strong, come around, leading into the at the eighth pole, coming into the stretch, and then fade. And the horse ran exactly like that in the prudence. Um, as far as what, you know, if you want to, if you're out there and you have a, a losing ticket, and, and by the way, you have to have proof. You need either a ticket from a, uh, a racetrack, a paper ticket, a photograph of a paper ticket, or any kind of digital record from an AWD, from a wagering, you know, internet wagering site. If you have any of that and you want to participate, and be part of this, then please just give me a call, email our firm, and the information, I guess you'll post it, and uh, we would love to represent you. And I think you're doing, if, if you're a fan and you're a better, I think I think we can pull together and we can all try and, and make a difference. And I think it's possible. I, I really do. I, I believe that this, we have a, I think we have a valid case, and I think we're gonna find that, uh, that a judge and uh, we have a very fair judge that we pulled in the case in California. And I think it's going to be a fascinating lawsuit. And I'm looking forward to it very much. 
Well, yeah, exactly. I think you saw exactly what I was going to say. It's it's another it's another layer uh, to obviously what the the big overall picture as far as if the horse is going to get DQ or not. It's a fascinating kind of you know one A to to the the actual event of of what happened in the Kentucky Derby. So obviously, you know, we'll stay tuned, and, and everyone listening, I think, will will want to stay tuned, and we'll try to keep everyone updated. Dan, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's uh, that's a uh, there you go. I didn't unmute us. Um, there you go. There is the interview with the lawyer Dan Markoff, who uh, <clears throat> is in charge of the the lawsuit against Bob Baffert, uh, as well as Zidane Stables. That uh, I mean, I, it went better than I expect. I, you know, we were very clear. Like, listen, we're not getting into like opinions and and what we think of Baffert and this and that it's like we just want the facts I think it opened my eyes in terms of what the lawsuit like I had no idea he was a very like experienced better and I didn't know he had money on the race himself I think that's the thing I learned that that I take away and it's like okay I understand what's happening now it's like you know, you, you hear from the outside, it's like, okay, these guys from Twitter, um, you know, Mike, uh, Michael Baychok being the, the leader and definitely uh, a very respectable individual, uh, you know, in the game. And you think, well, they like, have they just randomly gotten this lawyer and like, what's going on? But, you know, you hear the interview and it's like, no, this guy's got skin in the game. Uh, this guy is is literally one of us in a sense that he's a gambler and he's pissed off and it very much came across that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad we did the interview. I gained a lot of, uh, knowledge about where, where he's coming from. Um, you know, kind of, kind of laid out why they're doing what they're doing. So, uh, with Vinny, yeah, I'm kind of with you there, buddy. I mean, I think, uh, I think the thing is, is that they, I think more than anything, and I know like a lawyer and in Baychuck and those guys, like they want to win, obviously. But more than anything, to me, it feels like, and I kind of, I kind of brought it up on the on the interview. It's like it's kind of more to me about we've had enough, and yep. this is how we're going to show it. Like we're going to put a lawsuit to you, like not to someone, like no, to the actual man that you think is, you know what I mean? Like, and to me, whether it win, lose, draw, whatever, settles. It it's it's like no we've had enough and to me that's from a betting standpoint and the better standpoint it's like no like we're we're done with this and if no one else is gonna take kind of a role and and again credit goes to Churchill and Naira for at least making that those first decisions here of, of suspending him but it's like you know no we're gonna we're gonna make sure we have a say in this too yeah absolutely and I I thought. I thought he was honest when he was just like, yeah, if obviously we want to win, but they're going after the guy, you know? And I think, I think it's admirable. Listen, I'll be completely honest. I, I don't know if they're going to win this thing or not. I don't know how it's going to hold up, how it's going to come out. I, I wouldn't call them long shots, but I wouldn't call them favorites either, you know? Um, but it's it's a step and, and and it's almost like hey if we, even if we just strike some fear into not only Baffert but other guys out there that we all know are not on the up and up it's a win for these guys and I think that came across loud and clear with this interview that 
we're trying to shake shit up and we're sick of it and we love the sport. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a believer if you're doing it for the right reasons, and I think they are, then, you know, win or lose, they at the end of the day, they can feel, you know, satisfied that they're at least trying to do something. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, if you, and especially even if you're just someone that wants, you know, maybe um, if it's just a small ticket or a big ticket or like, you know, I can't remember, if, you know, if it's essential quality showing or whatever, like if whatever it is, like you want just want a part of it to be like, no, we're, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't even care if I get my money back. It's more about the principle of it. The principle, I think that's the best way to say it. So, um, yeah. and you know, nobody, nobody's more angry than an angry better, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen that firsthand over the years. And you sit there and like he kind of said, hey, how I handicapped Medina Spirit and how the horse ran in the Preakness, that's what I handicapped. And that's what he should have done in the Derby. Not very matter of fact about it. And uh, when you look at things – you know, and you look back at things and we, we're, we're not, I like to think we have a kind of a more level head than some, but sometimes we don't and we get pissed and you see it on the live shows. It just, it just makes you super pissed off. And, yeah. and this is, this is a group of people uh, with Dan kind of being the headliner here that they're just pissed off and, and you really get that feeling. And, you know, I, Anybody that's been involved in any sort of any kind, it doesn't have to be a lawsuit. It could be anything dealing with lawyers. Knows it's expensive, and yeah. you you hope that you know people say, well, you know, it's only Bob Baffert. Well, no. Hopefully, this sets a precedent for anyone moving, even if it's a if it's a if it's a wash. I mean, someone's got to pay for this, right? The the representation on the other end. So it's like yeah. if you're another trainer and you know that this is possible, like this can happen to me in for terms of a, a lawsuit, even if it's not successful. You're like ah, I have, that's a lot of I've, I've got to pay more for a lawyer than I have to pay a fine, yeah, to a track or whatever, you know. And so right. it, hopefully, at least sets up some sort of like fear a little bit in in people in trainers to not make these same mistakes. So I I, I will say this: I was never against this. I I think it's great. I think you know they're just trying to shake shit up, and I like that. You know, I think anybody that listens to this show knows that I I wouldn't have never been against this, but. At the same time, my other the other point of it was, I just, I don't know. I don't know how legit this is. I don't know really how serious this is. And I'll say after this interview, I, I was for him before. I'm, I'm for him even more now. I, I you know, I, I do think they're serious. I think they're doing it for the right reasons. I think they've got the right ideas. You know, will it work out ultimately or not for them? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I definitely think they're doing it for the right reasons. And Again, not to repeat myself, but that's that's really all that really matters in this situation. Yep. I mean, I'm more. I'm still. I think it's it's a it's a long shot, but but like you said, I think you said it perfectly. I, I it's about like knowing what's behind it gives you a lot of hope. At least, like, okay. I mean, I, I respect yeah. that, and let's hope that it, you know these guys are passionate that are behind it. So it's like. Worst case scenario is uh, you 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 stand up for something you believe in, right? And uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. The guys, the guys on on Twitter that that are well known that are behind this. The one thing you do know about those guys, they follow the sport every day. Yeah, uh, you, you know they they know what's going on just as well as you and I and, and many people listening. So it, you do have that confidence that they have a knowledge. Now whether they can prove it is different but they they know 
what's happening in the sport. And so that's good. Yep. Yep. So, uh, that, you know, thank you, Dan. Thanks again for Dan, uh, being on the show and yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll obviously, you know, we'll, we'll and by the way, you know, I said in the interview, we'll, you know, I'll have a link in the, uh, in the, uh, podcast article that I post on the website at racingdudes.com If you want to take a look at the, uh, the full lawsuit. And also it's interesting, like it, it shows all of Baffert's, uh, Penal, you know his his drug overages and and things of that nature that are interesting. There's a lot of them, so uh, you want to yeah. check that out uh, at the site. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page. Click the products link at the main menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Uh, remember, we're just a few weeks out from the Belmont, so of course our Belmont Stakes wagering guide will be available soon for pre-sale. So be on the lookout for that. If you're an active subscriber to any of our premium picks, you'll get that for free. So you want to go. Go subscribe right now and get that uh, so that when the guide pops up, you'll have it in your dashboard waiting for you. Uh, you know, go check us out on Twitter, at Racers or Dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want our opinions on what's going on with all this, you definitely want to follow us on those. Uh, you list us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, website, RacingDudes.com. Go check out the Magic Mike Show. They did the late pick four, I believe, at Belmont for uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. So if you want to get yep. some, some actual handicapping, uh, <laughs> go check out the Magic Mike Show. Uh, this has been a long one, long show, uh, but I'm glad we did it. I'm glad the interview, uh, you know, everyone, cause if you guys are like us, we, uh, we had questions and really there's a lot of, yeah, do we do it? Do we not do it? Cause it's just, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get on one side or the other too much. And I, I thought it was informative. I thought it was extremely informative and I, hopefully it helps everyone at least understand what's happening. So, um, yeah. To your point, just real quick, but believe it or not, there are, there are people on Baffert's side. And, and at the end of the day, our job is handicapping, giving out good picks. Um, so that's kind of why we're like, yeah, we told him we'd love to have him on. I mean, I, we wanted to, but it's like we're not going to use it to pile on Baffert. Uh, you know, personally, we're, we're just going to please present us the facts we'll stay neutral and i thought it did a good job of that you know he presented the facts and and you can make your opinion one way or the other the thing that bothers me so i'll be on real candid with everyone the thing that bothers me the most about when we do because we do get haters that think we're just baffert haters and we hate them and it's like no this actually is really painful for us because we we love i mean we used to love bob baffert and and i mean I remember when, like, I mean, Bodie Meister, and I got really into Bodie, and then of course Pharaoh, and obviously we we when I have two photos of one of the Rebel and Arkansas Derby winter circles with Pharaoh, and then you know we you know we've talked to Baffert, we've met, we've we we know Baffert, and it's like no, I mean I don't like this, I don't like it at all, but I we do owe our fans and the people of horse racing and the public to know what's happening and know our opinions, because um, you know we're kind of like the lawsuit in a way like we're not we're just done with done with it you know um and he's not the only person we pick on we no. i mean we we want the whole game clean and that's why we're such big fans of this uh right. such big fans of this uh this lawsuit hopefully it makes some you know some actual changes to the game we were we were emailing back and forth with an individual this week and and his opinions are fine i it didn't upset me or anything like that but you know we were going back and forth and, and the main thing, and I ended it with this. I said, it's, it's, it's really very, very simple. If you don't want us to say something bad about you, don't do something wrong and don't do it wrong multiple times. Like if this was Bob Baffert's first, you know, 
positive test, I don't think we would have piled on him. <laughs> you yeah. know, when you have five and 14 months, it's it's hard for us to sit here and, and support you. You know, let's let's just and, and I'll just throw out his name just because I, I just I could never see it happening. But like if Shug McGahey got a positive in the Kentucky Derby, well, I think we would go to bat for him because he doesn't have that long track record. So um, it's just one of those things. It, it, and we do it to, to, to tell people, hey, this isn't right. And we need to get we need to have change. And that's that's all it is. It's not picking on somebody. Well, it's, it's not. Our- it's our not just our fans, you know, we love it. It's like our livelihood. And the last thing we yeah. want to do is some dude ruining that. And, you know, what what discourages people to get into the game more than, you know, a bunch of cheating scandals. And so it's just like it's just not yeah. it's just not fun. And obviously we want to change it. We want the sport to grow. And how do you do that? You got to you got to get rid of this behavior and you got to be punished for it. And uh, I mean, if he came back in a year or whatever the suspension might be or how, you know, I don't even have any idea how that's going to work. If he, it's like, and he's, it's like, I get, I'd support him. I mean, if he's going to change, it's like, it's not like we don't listen. I mean, uh, other than this, he's great for horse racing. He always has been. He's a great, I yep. mean, everyone knows his face. Everyone knows who he is and he's got, he's passionate. He's had good horses. He's had good stories. And it's just like, yeah, you want to root for the guy. And then it's like, gosh, dude. And I think that's why it took so long for us to kind of finally get like, okay, okay, that's enough. We've had yeah, enough. Exactly. You hit it right on the head. And, and I'm with you. He, If he was to truly clean up his act and, he, you know, after the suspension or whatever happens to him, maybe he doesn't even get suspended. I have no idea what's going to happen. But you come back and, and your horses run normal. And <laughs> it's like you're, you're another trainer. You're a good trainer. And you, you, you've got Jimmy Barnes, good, good, good assistant. And, you do it the right way, we'll support you. But do that. Prove it to us, you know. And, and you know, I'm not naive enough to think Bob Baffert needs or wants our support. But I, I think I speak for a lot of people. It's like, I don't think we really want to hate this guy. We need him, actually, to, to be a, a, a good dude. Because yeah. a lot of the regular public like him. So, Well, I thought it was interesting on uh, the divisional rankings that you posted today. Uh, go check that out, the website, racefuse.com. You, you you made sure to be like, listen, until we see otherwise, like I'm not ranking any Baffert horse for any performance they've had before May, whatever, 7th, because it's just like, it's until we were proven otherwise, I just, it can't be looked at other than being false. As, as time goes by runs, uh, uh, Saturday at Santa Anita, it's going to be like a three horse, you know, race basically by the time it gets here. But if, if she was to win and look dominant, then I'll put her in the, in the rankings, but before May 7th, no. And I, and you might think, well, that's ridiculous. You know, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing this. I don't really care. We we've got proof. It's right there. And before they prove they can do it after this accusation or accusation, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do it. And that's, that's, Listen, it's my website and it's my vote. <laughs> and if you don't you do whatever like the it, hell you want. Yeah. I, and that's really how I feel. The NTRA poll, like I think there were three or four of us that did it. And you know, it's that's that's how I feel. So what what am I supposed to do? Hey, you know what? I you you uh, you after you did it last week, I was like, you know what? He's right. So I just <laughs> I didn't know I didn't vote for any Bafferts. Uh made it difficult because there's a lot there's a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, I think that's a big step is if everyone just stops, it's like, it's like stop recognizing bad behavior. Maybe, 
it'll go yeah. away or fix itself. But anyways, uh, hold on one more. Did you guys sign up? No, because we don't. We we had Medina Spirit. We <laughs> mandolin winning would not have helped any of our bets. We we cashed a pick four because we had Medina Spirit. So we're on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. If What happens if Baffert continues to run ice cold like Pimico? Any chance it helps the lawsuit? I mean, yeah, can't hurt it, right? No. Hey, shit. Um, problem is, and this is a big problem for him, what if, because right now the one thing left standing between him and not having a place to run is Del Mar. Well, California, but Del Mar coming up. Del Mar's got the Breeders' Cup. If Del Mar has the stones to be like, we stand by Naira. We stand by Kentucky. I don't know. It He's may not matter because he may not have a horse to run anyways. So, or anywhere. It, it, so it's tough for California though, to do that. Because if you do that, they're going to have enough horses to fill races. So it's, it's, it's a complex. It's not, it's not as easy as just, we'll just suspend it. But um, you you could also add that hey, just give the horses to other trainers. So yeah, I I think in a perfect world that'd be great. But are they going to give them to California trainers? That's the scary part if you try to do that. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I, listen, this is a long ways from over. We know that. So um, we'll close the door on it for now. Is the best way to put it. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for staying with us and watching that yep. interview, and uh, really appreciate it. And obviously. Hit us up, uh, contact at racingnews.com if you ever, you know, have thoughts or, you know, want to want to do a little venting. Halsman loves responding to those kind of venting emails. Um, so, or, 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 <laughs> or Magic, maybe. Uh, we'll make Magic do it. Uh, again, make, make sure you go check out the Magic Mike show for their late Big Four analysis at Belmont Park. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halsman. Good luck this week. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Ah!